Hey, Zag Nation. Welcome to the Zagaholic Podcast. My name is Josh Linky. You can find me on Twitter at TheZagaholic, and I'm joined by my co-host Caldwell Zag. You can find him on Twitter at Zag Caldwell, and he runs the website CaldwellZagRecruitingNews.com. We hope to make this a semi-regular show during the season where we talk about all things Gonzaga basketball. Zag up. This is kind of a new thing. Uh, we decided that our Zag fandom was such that we wanted to, um, you know, get get something out there into the universe and and just you know some positivity, some some good vibes heading into uh, the conference tournament and and then this off season for for Gonzaga. Um, thanks for joining today, Caldwell. Hey, thanks for having me, Josh. Um, glad to be here and love the new idea we got going here on this podcast. Yeah. So uh, on your site, uh, which, by the way, people can subscribe to that. Um, it you know, there is a small fee for it, but, you know, I think it's worth it. You, you get uh, recruiting news early before all you know, everybody else on Twitter and some of the other websites out there, you know, hear about it. Um, you know, and and I think it's a valuable resource for the community that it brings to in the forums and, you know, just being able to converse with some of the, the fans that are out there, people who are truly uh, Zagaholics, if you will. Um, and you know, one of the, one of the things that, that we wanted to kind of do with this was, was do a Q and a session where we could get some questions from the community and then help answer some of those burning desire questions, uh, on the podcast. Um, and I, I want you to kind of lead us off and, and just kind of open it up. What, what was the first topic of discussion that people wanted to talk about? Um, I kind of trying to make some overalls to the site where it's a one-stop for every Zag fan that there is like there is the paywall, but hopefully in the next month or two, there's a free site. So um, every Zagaholic could get on there and get some kind of information. So this is step one of that is uh, starting, you know, working with you on podcasts, getting out there. But um, I do have a very loyal group of people that subscribe every month and I want to thank them. So I opened it up to them and I said, Hey, what, you know, what do you want me to ask? people I know, and then we could talk about. And so the biggest first one there was, was conference realignment. Cause I guess there's a big rumor going on right now about conference realignment. So what have you heard Josh in the, you know, Twitter sphere of things early in this season, we got information that um, Chris Standiford, the athletic director at Gonzaga uh, was, was out there talking to Brett Yormark. Uh, who is a brand new commissioner of the Big 12. And he's a guy who has worked with basketball in the past and uh, with the NBA, um, you know, some different uh, teams out there. And, you know, he he kind of has this emphasis for the Big 12 that it's not just going to be ab- about football for the league, which I think is pretty cool because, you know, so much about conference realignment has been driven by the, the football uh, money, if you will. And, 
you know, I think I think the Big 12 wants to really stake its claim on the fact that it is the best basketball conference in America. And what a better way to do that than to concording after Gonzaga, who is one of the probably the, the biggest prize that's out there that's not yet affiliated with the power conference. Um, so, you know, over the last few months, we've seen Brett Yarmark has has met with Chris Sanderford multiple times. Um, you know, and, and it, when you're meeting, yeah, it's, is it precursory for sure? But when you're actually having face-to-face meetings, uh, with the athletic director of another program that's out there that, I, you know, there, this, you, you can say where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think there's definitely fire there. Uh, Gonzaga wants to bring all sports, uh, to the big 12. And that, that is a, a reasonable request, I believe, because they don't want these, these programs to be stuck in the big West or the WCC all by their lonesome without the basketball, uh, you know, program kind of driving the train. Um, but you know, the big 12 obviously has some, some issues with geography there. You know, they have, they have programs all the way out to Florida now, which is absolutely wild that we live in this, this new reality. Um, you know, I, I think really what might actually help push this forward is Texas and Oklahoma just negotiated an early exit from the Big 12, and they're going to be paying, I believe, it's something upwards of $100 million to do so. Um, and they're just leaving a year early. So, you know, the Big 12 has some money in their pockets. They have the, the you know, their conference realignment as it stands right now is finally finalized. We know exactly when teams are coming and when teams are going. And they want to now pursue a potential future for basketball. And I think Gonzaga is first on that list. But, you know, there's been some other rumors out there. What, what's some of the rumors that you've heard uh, kind of about, you know, where, where that might lead? Big push right now. Not, not just from Gonzaga, but from the Big 12 side of things too. Um, the Big 12 wants to be a powerhouse basketball conference. But we also we we want a place to house our other sports. Like it's not, you know, let's be real. Our baseball program is doing really well. Our women's basketball program is doing really well. Other programs are doing well. We can't leave them hanging out to dry. Um, and so I think that's that's a big thing. And Chris is doing a great job balancing all that. Um, so the the latest rumor that I have heard, and there's a lot of places that are starting to slowly slowly talk about it is big 12 but they're at talking about adding some teams that maybe maybe we talked about last spring a little bit um if for those that were on a podcast that we were on together we talked about a couple teams from maybe the uh east coast um hmm. so i'll just leave it at that um what i'm hearing is 2024 is a realistic option for us when Oklahoma and Texas do leave. Um, so I so not, think not this coming season, but not this coming season, season after potentially. We have two West Coast conference titles to win before then, this year and next year. So we got to yeah. take care of that first. But then yeah, so the 2024 season, pretty realistic. Uh BYU leaves this year, so they'll be there. Uh there's a natural travel partner with us. Uh, it's you know, it's a little distance, but you get the two teams in the mountain. Well, I guess you know, mountain Pacific time zone, basically the same area yeah. right there. Um, but the big 12, like things that you're hearing um, people have been questioning is they want to add a fourth time zone. That's a hundred percent of fact. Like yeah. they, they love to add a fourth time zone. They already have a basketball power conference. And if you could add a team like Gonzaga to that, you're, you're just adding to your brand. And the fact Gonzaga doesn't bring 
a football program, it doesn't matter because you're adding to the brand. Um, you know, you could look at other, you know, other teams. I'll throw out a name that um, came into my inbox um, on Twitter. It was UConn and UConn. I don't, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I'm not an expert on UConn, but it would make sense for me if I'm UConn, I'm a basketball powerhouse of tradition and basketball. Why wouldn't I look at that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, in money, if you if you think about it, you know, the Big East, their TV deal, um, they're trying to get their team somewhere in the range of like five to seven million dollars per year with this next contract. The Big 12 is going to be able to offer more than that for just basketball. Um, and, you know, people don't really recognize that immediately because you know the the football money is what drives everything and you know it's it's true the tv deal that that's garnered right now for the big 12 i believe lands them somewhere around 30 to 35 million dollars per year and granted the vast majority of that is because of football but you know if if we're talking value basketball adds somewhere in the ballpark of a third of that so if you can consider what what would be a third of that well you know maybe 10 to 12 million dollars per year that's a bigger payday for UConn or anybody else who's in a basketball first league um you know in the big 12 and like you said the competition is going to go way up you know we're we're talking Baylor Kansas you know uh Texas Tech like some of these programs that have been big time players in basketball over the last uh half decade or more well, I think you just look at that with the TV deal. Like you add teams like that. Now, Fox, ESPN, Amazon, you know, all these different people are going to start like being in a bidding war for this. So maybe yeah. deal one isn't huge. It's a good deal. I'm not saying that money is going to drive this deal. But you look down the road, that second deal, that third deal, how much money is out there because college basketball has a power conference because once upon a time, the ACC used to be it. It's not anymore. Like the yeah. Big 12 is the power conference. And if you had a team like UConn at Gonzaga, and maybe you go up to 16 teams, maybe you had four teams that are uh, basketball powerhouses versus football schools. And you make, you make it, you have your football conference, you have your 10, 12 teams in the football conference, but then you add four teams that don't have really like traditional football schools. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, you got Fox saying, man, I, I want every massive game on a Saturday on right. Fox Network versus ESPN. So yeah. you get into a bidding war down the road, too. So I think you got to look big picture. And I think it just makes too much sense. Right. Um, so I think when you're looking at it, I would guess right now, between now and the end of this end of the season, you're not going to hear much. Yeah. But I would think maybe a week after the final four, you could you'll start hearing some details like start slipping out. Right. And, you know, one other piece to this that people aren't really thinking about is that, um, you know, the, the PAC 12 and the big 12 are kind of jostling. They want to be the third most relevant power, power league in existence, you know, outside of the big 10 and the sec, the ACC is at risk because they are the next logical conference that's going to get picked apart by the big 10 or the sec if they decide to expand again which if money drives everything i'm sure that's probably not done on their end um but you know 
are they going to go west? I doubt it. Or, or they, rather, I, are they going to go as much west as, they, as they've already gone? You know, the Big Ten already had the opportunity to, to get Oregon and Washington to join USC and UCLA, and they kind of balked at that offer. Like, you know, they're really more concerned about what's Notre Dame going to do, you know. So, uh, you know, if the Big 12 somehow through this process watches the Pac-12 um, get, you know, just absolutely flogged with their next TV deal, which is what most people are, you know, estimating right now, then maybe Arizona is still in the mix for the big 12, maybe Arizona state, Colorado, Utah teams like that. And if that happens, then it makes a lot of sense to pair those teams with Gonzaga as well. So, you know, I, I, I do agree. I think, I think that moving West, getting that fourth, or that that new time zone that you know those, that time slot where you can fill programming on TV brings a lot of value for for Brett Yormark and the Big Twelve. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's it's going to be an interesting off season. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of rumors that pop up over the next couple months. Yeah, no, definitely, I agree with you on that one. Um, and I wouldn't, I, I will throw it out there. I wouldn't put it past the Pac-12 to come with a huge offer too, because like, yeah. they're a conference that is they're at this weird stage right now of what they do right um do they try to pair do they try to bring a san diego state and gonzaga in to make the conference you know a little bit better so i would be i would be shocked if the pac-12 has the last word on it as well um you said something about the acc there's so the big east when the big east courted gonzaga it made sense because the type of school they had, the ACC will never court Gonzaga. They don't have the same type of school. Um, So like I, uh, someone might've heard you say that and be like, Oh, the ACC, maybe. No, that's not, it's not, it's a whole different type of school type of program. Um, You know? And so that's the, where the big East made sense because of what type of school Gonzaga was versus the ACC where it's not that way. Yeah. I I don't even think the ACC is going to be around. Um, you know, 10 years from now, maybe less than 10 years, because I, yeah. I really do think the SEC is going to grab Clemson. They're going to go after North Carolina, Virginia, some of those, you know, schools. And the Big Ten is going to want Notre Dame and maybe Duke, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. But that that league could be reduced by half. And then think- there's going to be some teams that are left out in the cold as a result. I think you're going to go from a power five and this is just me thinking that um, power five to about power three or four in the next 10 years. I agree with you on that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, did you put yourself in the right position or are you standing on the outside looking in? Yeah. So kind of pivoting here, one of the other uh, interesting storylines uh, or rather questions that, that came up was about the, the 2024 recruiting class. Uh, what was, what was kind of the, the question that they're asking about that? Oh, just some guys on my site um, asked what um, for an update on that. And, you know, I think one of the things I I got a comment a couple of weeks ago about do, um, do we pay extra for the babysitting after I tell you something? And I kind of I kind of laughed about that because we had a big 2024 visit with Zoom here not too long ago. And, you know, I gave I gave my two cents behind behind the paywall of what I think is going to happen. Um, and sometimes I use the word soon or it's going to happen quickly or stuff like that. And what we have to realize in recruiting is soon and quickly 
might be six months. Yeah. I mean, we go back to Jalen Suggs and his recruitment back. I mean, I told everyone on my site 18 months prior that Jalen Suggs was going to be a Zag because of a conversation he had on his visit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's one of yeah, those things. Recruiting that, is relative. It, it, exactly. is not, it is not a, uh, an exact science. There's no, like, you got to understand we're, we're dealing with 17 and 18 year olds who have their future on the line and they're, yeah. they're deciding between the best programs in the country. You know? Well, and, and zoom on top of it, he's trying to win a state championship right now. Yeah. Like, like that should be his only focus. And, you know, I'm going to give a shout out. Hopefully she's listening to one of his teachers, Courtney. Um, I know her personally. She's like, I tell him every day he needs to, he, she's a Gonzaga graduate, by the way. Um, there you go. She, she's like, every day I tell him he needs to go to Gonzaga. Well, <laughs> he does. And he, you know, where does he end up? You know, only him and his family know. Right. Um, you know, so I would guess with Zoom, we're talking state title, I think is two weeks from today or two mm-hmm. weeks from this weekend, stuff like that in Washington. And, you know, I would assume within a couple of weeks of that, if we get into, if we get into AAU season, like, then like things change because yeah. now every coach in the country is back there, but zoom, we've been on zoom. We've got a great relationship. I, you know, I've given my two cents on where I think he's going to end up and all that stuff. Um, you know, yeah. I think he's, he's a guy that we could build a class around. He's and a guy I just want to, I want to preface this to say for um, the, you know, the average listener, um, we're not going to be divulging specific hints or uh, recruiting you know tips on this podcast for the respect of the sources that are involved in this process um, if you want more information than that you're going to have to subscribe to Caldwell's site or you know any other recruiting site that's out there you're welcome to do however you want to do it um, but you know we will talk about you know overlying subjects that are public knowledge for everybody um you know and and that is that zoom has curtis in the washington state playoffs and they are uh, a very good you know choice to potentially make a deep run um so we'll wait and hear what what zoom's going to do with his recruitment just like everybody else and um you know hopefully that's sooner than later but it's it's his choice to make and and let's respect that process right and i i want to piggyback on that and Part of why I won't go too detailed on stuff like that. I'll give the basics is I have a group of people that are very loyal to my site. And I want to say thank you to those guys. Like they pay every month for mm-hmm. information and it's not fair to give it out on a public, you know, podcast when yeah. I tell them. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's not just sources. It's the Gonzaga fans who are true Zagaholics. And we talked about that at the beginning, These those true Zagaholics that, you know, that's why we, that's why you and I do what we do, man. We, we are right. Zagaholics and we have a group of people that follow us that are Zagaholics. So, yeah. you know, um, that's yeah, what this is an addiction. It's, <laughs> it we, is. we are addicted to the Zags for sure. Exactly. So I just, you know, I want to say it's not just sources and stuff like that. It's just, yeah. it's good people who love the Zags who are willing to like say, I want to know ahead of time and that's okay. Yeah. And, we give them that we give them that privilege. So, so another guy we're kind of keeping an eye on for 2024 is Elaine Fibiel. I, I 
probably mispronouncing his name horribly. And I apologize for that, but um, he is a, a French um, wing um, and he was recently on campus um, as well at Gonzaga, I believe at the end of the December. Um, he sat with Killian Tilly, which was super awesome. Um, you know, there's that French connection there. Um, you know, and one thing to keep an eye on with his recruitment that I think this this is public knowledge, so we can talk about this, is he is has been invited to the Basketball Without Borders camp uh, during the the NBA All-Star game. Um, and, you know, he's he's being pursued not just by Gonzaga and UCLA, but by the G League and some of these professional opportunities as well. So um, and, and I think that's probably the most serious candidate to potentially land him uh, outside of the collegiate realm with Gonzaga. Um, so, you know, we're we're keeping an eye on that. We're, we're watching what's going on there. I don't think a decision from him is imminent, like before those camps go on, uh, because he's going to get a lot of feedback. He's going to hear from a lot of, per, uh, you know, other uh, teams that are out there and whether his, he has any draft prospects um, to potentially, you know, go pro as soon as possible for him and his family. So uh, that's, I, I think that's probably the gist of what information that we can divulge about his recruitment right now. No, that's, that's pretty pretty much spot on um he so when he came and visited it was and it was public knowledge i think he was the one who put it out maybe or somebody put it out on twitter but it's ucla pro gonzaga's final three um but like the dude's legit and he is 2023 not 2024 from everything i've been hearing it would be next year um I think I was one. I think I accidentally said he was 2024 on my site and people were like, no, he's not. I'm like, my bad guys. I, I get it mixed up all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, it's like, sorry guys, I put the wrong year down. Um, yeah. But um, you know, I think this invite to the basketball without borders uh, is a big time for him as a person. I think mm-hmm. all of us that are Zagaholics, like we got to respect that. Yeah, And yeah. You ha- we have to understand though, that Gonzaga has serious connections in the French community and it goes way back, way back. So I think we're in a good spot, but I do think he's got legit, legit pro options. Cause yeah. I, he can stay, honestly, I think he's pro. It'd be interesting, you know, to see the, the freshman coming in next year. If he joins that group, who's the one that steps up and gets the most playing time. Cause all three of them are legit players, legit right. prospects. Yeah, you know, I I think even if he so whatever decision he makes, like this is either going to help cement him as an NBA prospect or a professional prospect, or he's going to get a lot of feedback and it's going to help him make his decision and say, okay, I need to go the college route because these guys aren't ready for me yet, and I need to go develop my game and then I can make that jump. So yep. you know, either way, this is good news for him. He's going to find out a little bit more about what his next steps are in the process. Yeah, fully agree with that. So in the last part of this, I believe, was uh, transfers or, or rather poten- possible potential transfers, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I So this is my favorite time of the year because like this this in like August are my favorite times of the year because all these theories come up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, something because there's not a lot of news. We're playing games right now. We're, and we're in the Dub CC. And yeah, you know, we got we got some tough games this year. The dub CC has been good, but people get bored. Um, so like transfers right now, nobody's transferring right now. There's not a single person 
on Gonzaga's roster that has their name in the transfer portal right. or will have their name in the transfer portal till the end of the season. Why, so, why would they? <laughs> it would be, be one of the – like, honestly, you have a chance to play for – and I, I know I'm going to get – Get ahead of myself. You have a chance to play for a national title because you're going to make the you're going to make the tournament. You got a chance to play for it. Somebody's possible. Somebody's going to come back and say you think they're going to win it all. No, I said we have a chance to play for it. Um, I think we have the talent. We have the ceiling to do it. We have the floor to lose in the first round too. So if you're a Zag fan and you don't have Gonzaga winning the bracket in your bracket challenge, are you actually a Zag fan? No, you're not. Because I there you go. Last last twenty. So we should all be picking Gonzaga to win the national title this year. We should, we should be, and I don't care if I lose on ESPN. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to win it anyways unless Gonzaga wins it. So one of the names that got a lot of fire was Braden Huff, and Mm. almost fell out of my chair when I read that one (laughs) because I'm like, so you know, I shot off a quick text message like, hey, what you know, what's up here? Right? And they they're like, yeah, no. And they're like, and that's literally the answer I got. Like, yeah, no. Braden Huff came to Gonzaga with a plan in place and the plan was never to play as a freshman mm-hmm. and so well, and Matt, look at who he's playing well who he would play behind anton watson and drew timmy two of yeah, the but, best zag bigs of all time right and, but then you even take a step back and you got efton you know right. like and efton efton has had his moments where he just hasn't yeah. gotten a lot of playing time so like it's just right. not really it wasn't an open window for up for playing time opportunity as a freshman no and then well even look at actually the one that i didn't even mention ben greg right actually plays the stretch four more like he does yeah. and like ben has taken huge steps this year so oh yeah he's been which was expe- God's which was expected though because yeah. look at every big that not every big drew is People get confused because Drew came in and was Drew from, you know, fairly yeah. early on. But there's a progression with our bigs. Like that first year, they learn how to play in our system. The second year, they get spot minutes. So that third year, they make big jumps. Yeah. I To piggyback off what you said about Braden and what you heard about Braden, I would be absolutely shocked if Braden left Gonzaga. That he, I think that he's got a bright future. It might take him a little longer to get into that that playing time role that that he's going to eventually get but he's he's going to he's going to be one of those guys and um and look he is highly skilled um you know what he showed uh in, in Chicago he he was just absolutely fantastic and he he did some really special things on the court um in a really tough state for basketball at the at the prep level so you know, shout out to, to, uh, you know, Braden Huff. He's, he's a really, un, he was an under the radar candidate coming out of high school. A lot of programs didn't really notice him. The ones that did recruited him hard and he still chose Gonzaga. And that tells you if he went all the way out here, cross country, just a red shirt, knowing full well, he was not going to play this year. What does that say about his future? Is I, I think it says everything. So, yeah. you know, and anything, you're, you said it right. Anything could happen. So I would yeah. be, I would be lying if I said I knew 100% certain he is going to be as big next year. But I would say I'm at 99.9%. And I'm pretty yeah. confident in that Braden Huff is going to be a part of the future for Gonzaga. So, you know, I I didn't – it was brought up. And I even said, like, you know, I, I my answer was, like, literally, like, are you are you kidding me right here? Like, is this yeah. – am I really being asked this? 
and I guess I missed something on Twitter, but you know, whatever I miss all sorts of stuff on Twitter. So I, you know, I know there's, there's, there's certain situations people are watching with the program to see what's going to happen as far as transfers are concerned, but we are getting really far ahead of ourselves here. We got multiple weeks still left in this season. Gonzaga wants to be playing all the way into April. Um, You know, I, I don't think it's really time yet to even gauge that because really at the end of the day, like when the season ends, these guys are going to, anybody who wants to transfer is going to gauge interest first. They haven't even done that yet. Nobody's gauging interest right now because everybody's still focused on who's our next opponent, who are we playing on Thursday, on Saturday. That's what matters right now. Well, and I think it's important to also remember what you said right there, gauging interest. Like we're in the middle of a run into March. Right. There, there are players out there that their AAU coach will call up teams and be like, hey, what's the interest level right here for next year? Mm-hmm. Those players and those teams aren't making runs in March. Right. Like you, you don't see those kids. They're they're gonna be lucky to make it to March. And you know, there there's been some in the past that have gauged the interest and in their team makes a turnaround last month and they make the tournament. Yeah. And then they don't tra- then they don't transfer and people are like, well, what happened? Yeah, teams and a lot are, of these decisions are made in April and May and June. Most of them are. Yeah. The, so it's the like time your, team, the time your team's eliminated, you sit down with your parents, talk to them. Then you sit down with your coach and your coaching staff, you talk to them. What is my future in this program? And then you say, okay, but then college X, I have this future, you know, because yeah. I gauge that interest. So it's a whole process. And the, you know, it's our guys will start making those whenever our season is over. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's a good segue into our next segment which is the upcoming slate for this season um you know what, what we what we have left and what what are some quality win opportunities still left on the schedule so we've got i believe five regular season games left um as of the time of this recording i i don't think we're going to release this probably after the lmu game uh, that, that's happening for us uh, tomorrow night um but you know L- lmu is an interesting case study this year for the WCC because this is a team that really fell off a cliff last year after some really high expectations. They didn't really play well together. Cam Shelton was kind of played out of position, not really used properly. But then this year, oh my God, Cam Shelton has been an absolute superstar for the Lions. And LMU is the first program that's beat, I believe, I, I don't know the exact year, but BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga all in the same season. Yeah, that is wild. It's not just the same year. From what I what I read is it was since BYU joined the West Coast Conference. Okay. Like it's ever in the West Coast Conference. So that's unreal when you start yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. Um, and and granted, you know, is Gonzaga quite to the level that they have been in the last couple of years? No, but Gonzaga is still a top 15 team in the country easily. And, um, you know, for LMU to, to, to get that win at McCarthy, ending one of the longest home winning streaks in, in college basketball history, was absolutely chaos. Yeah, it was a pretty sad day. Um, it was, but it was but, also it was also interesting to watch it happen because it's like, you know, all streaks come to an end at some point, you know. Yeah. And for LMU to be the one to do that, uh, you know, with the performance of Cam Shelton, that was pretty special to watch if, you know, just as a college basketball fan. 
Right. No, exactly. It was, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from LMU. It's just, you know, just one of those where like we didn't play great and Cam Shelton played amazing. Yeah. You know, he, he was legit. And yeah, you know, hopefully by the time this podcast drops, we have a W against them and that'd be nice. We're (laughs) on the right track, but I'll tell you what they just, I mean, this being same Aries, like they're, they're a scary team. They're a team that come the dub cc tournament like i don't want them on my side of the bracket that's for right. sure yeah and, and this this will actually because this is a road game and lmu is a top 100 team in the net this will actually be a quad two win opportunity for gonzaga so this is another one of several resume builders that gonzaga can add to the you know as a feather into their hat coming into the seating uh for march so that's that's something to keep an eye on and then Saturday, we got Pepperdine. And, you know, look, Pepperdine is super inconsistent this year. They're really young still. But, my God, do they have a lot of talent. Um, you know, uh, Houston Mallet um, and Maxwell Lewis, um, Mike Mitchell, and, um, you know, Javon Porter. We're, you're looking at four of the best or most talented players in all of the WCC, including Gonzaga. And Max Lewis is getting lottery NBA love. <laughs> like there are people talking about him being a potential lottery pick in the NBA draft. And they're bare minimum, probably a first round pick, which is wild out of Pepperdine. But that just goes to show like what is Lorenzo Romar building there, you know, in, in Malibu. So um, look, uh, I, I had the opportunity to talk to Max and Houston, um, you know, at the end of summer, uh, right when they were kind of gearing up for the season. And I was just blown away by the maturity level of both of these guys and how impressive uh, they are, not not even on the court, but, you know, off the court as well. So um, I, I got nothing but praise for them. I don't think they're going to probably beat us in Malibu, but they, they might be able to give us a little run. You know, they've done it before. It's not impossible for them to give us a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I – So they I, have know, all the talent. They have all the talent in the world, definitely. Yeah. They, they're legit, like, talent-wise. Um, but I also remember there were some Washington teams that had legit talent under the yeah. same coach. And there's a reason he's coaching the WCC, not the Pac-12 anymore. That's true. Um, yeah. So I, I do have to say that on Saturday, I think we get a win in Pepperdine. And it's not because of the players on the court. It's because the guy at the bench, who he can recruit like crazy. But yeah. my goodness, X and O's are not in his language. So I, that's, no, I, that's, that's, he's smarter than 99% of the U S with basketball. But the problem yeah. is that 1% they're all D one coaches. So, so, and then coming up next week, we've got San Diego, which is our only game of the year against the Toreros, which is interesting. Uh, we didn't get that, that game down in San Diego this year. Um, but it's our first chance to to play against Steve Lavin since he's been in the WCC, which is interesting. He just recently landed a top 150 player um, yeah, in, that. in the recruiting class coming up. I think that's pretty impressive. I mean, for, for San Diego to land a player of that stature, that shows what Steve Lavin can do as a recruiter. Um, you know, there's there's some there's been some questions about maybe the level of of coaching <laughs> that he provides, but you know, I I'll be honest. Like I watched Steve Lavin uh, coach at UCLA. I watched him coach at St. John's. 
I think he's a good coach. He's not a, you know, he's, I wouldn't necessarily say he's the greatest coach in the entire country, but I think he brings a lot to the table. Um, and I think the program is probably going to make a little bit of a jump in the next year or two here. If, if he continues to, you know, build. Um, but that being said, San Diego is not probably going to beat Gonzaga this year. No, um, that's not, not in the kennel. I, no, it's not at all. Yeah. I mean, he, Steve Lavin, is a step up in coaching from Robar. Both are great recruiters. Both are going to land some guys that make the WCC have yeah. some lottery picks, you know, in the n- near future. But yeah, San Diego's just completely outmatched. Uh, they they have talent, um, but it's just not. It's mid pack talent, and it's actually yeah. lower. It's he he needs a couple years. Give him a couple years, and you know, Gonzaga will be playing in the Big Twelve. He might win the WCC. Who knows? There you so. go. <laughs> And then on Saturday next week, we've got the return game for St. Mary's. Um, they come up to the kennel, and my God, do I want that win so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's just – it's a must win at this point in time. It has nothing to do with – I, mean, I know I know. we all were absolutely just – our hearts were shattered uh, when Aiden Mahaney went absolutely ballistic and won that game by himself – in the final eight minutes at Morega. Um, and, and realistically, we've outplayed him for 37 minutes of the game. Yeah. And the last three minutes of regulation and five minutes of overtime, it's, yeah, we wouldn't be the same team. So it was, yeah, it's we need fortunate. But, we you know, St. Mary's is really good this year. Like, let's be real. Like, they're a top, top seven, top eight team in the net right now. Um, you know, they, they're loved by pretty much all the analytics and it all starts with their defense. They play really, really, really tenacious defense. Um, you know, I, I think that they don't what's necessarily their, have the talent or athletes, uh, that can what's, say their, uh, what's their forward, um, Bowen, right? Yeah. Kyle like, Bowen. Well, Kyle Bowen went like two straight games without scoring a point, but he's right, such right. a good defender. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts and plays thirty minutes a game for him. Him and like, Logan Johnson are are two of the best individual defenders, not just in the WCC, but probably in the entire Western U.S. I would agree. So, um, and then and then we got the the senior night, Chicago State, which is you know this used to be something that the that the Zags would actually do a lot, where they would schedule a non conference game towards the end of the season for senior night. Um, this is the first time we've done that in several years, and I'm actually looking forward to it. I think it's going to be kind of cool. Chicago State's actually a program that's, interestingly enough, done a little bit better this year than they've done in past seasons. That's not really saying a lot considering the quality of, the, of games that they play. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think Chicago State is – we're gonna, that's, that's a game we should probably win by, you know, I don't know, 30-plus points. You're, you're going to see all the seniors get a good run. Yeah, it, yeah, it'll be it'll be a good senior night. That's for sure. Yeah, and, and what I what I like about it is it gives one extra game the week before the WCC tournament because right, we're not right. playing until Monday of the WCC tournament. Yeah, you kind of um, needed that to bridge that gap this year because of the distance between the yep. the tourney. I, I you know I St. Mary's is going to be a quad one win opportunity for Gonzaga if they can beat LMU and St. Mary's and handle business against, you know, Pepperdine, San Diego and Chicago state heading into the WCC tournament. Um, the prospects for Gonzaga to potentially be a three seed are definitely still there. 
you know, and granted, I think they do have work to do in the WCC tournament. It's not just a given by any means, but, um, you know, this team could easily become a three seed in, in the NCAA tournament this year, which for a lot of people that might surprise them considering where, where some of the doomers have been as the season has progressed. Right. Well, I, I have a buddy who he, he always tells me and, and he, respectfully, he's normally right. Um, that Gonzaga's seed is always within one of their loss. So if they have five losses, they're going to be anywhere from a four to a six seed. Um, and historically they are right, but we played such a good out of conference schedule this year to get some of those quad one wins and not, we don't, okay. LMU is going to be the one bad loss because it's at home. But um, yeah, Joel and Artie has us at a one or at a, not a one seed goodness out of three seed right now as of today um so it's wednesday the 15th so as of wednesday the 15th he, he's got to set a three seed and trending upward so i think that i think there's a chance a three seed is i i think the three seeds probably are ceiling i know you yeah. and i talked about this before um i think if it went really bad uh five seeds are floor so i Somewhere between a three and a five is where I expect us to be. Um, and it's going to depend on the WCC tournament. Like we go in there and we lose the first game. Like that's not good. I, I don't expect that, but you never know what's going to happen. I'm going to be there in person cheering us on. But, you know, I I expect since I'll be there, we'll get two wins and get the title. But yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's going to be fun to watch what's going on with the, with the program as we head into, you know, through the conference tournament, um, through the rest of the, the regular season. Um, obviously, you know, Drew Timmy has been on pace for, you know, all the accolades he's, he's getting super close to potentially passing Frank Burgess for number one on the career scoring list at Gonzaga, which, you know, you can say what you will about the validity of records because of the past where, you know, the freshmen weren't allowed to play. So Frank Burgess only had three years to put up those numbers. Um, that's, that's always going to be kind of its own little standalone record in my mind. Um, and obviously Frank's jerseys hanging up in the rafters anyway. So, but I want to just kind of talk about for just a moment, where does Drew Timmy stand on the, the Mount Rushmore of Gonzaga basketball player is he in that top four best Gonzaga players of all time or is he maybe like where, where do you rank him in your mind man there's so many greats it's hard so, to... many, so many greats um but I think when it all comes down to it Drew Timmy is a top three all time um it, I would say pretty easily top three all time to be honest like Yes, because of the COVID season, he technically could come back next year and break every record by a mile. Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to no, happen. I don't either. Um, but technically he could. And, you know, I, I, it's hard. And you get this argument in the NBA right now because of LeBron breaking Kareem's scoring record. It is so hard to compare a guy that played in the 60s, 70s, 80s to a guy that's playing today. It's a different, it's a different ball game. Yeah. So like, Comparing the scoring records is kind of a whole different thing. I think what Drew has done for our program as a whole is arguably, man, I would say 
arguably second to none. And like that puts him up there in John Stockton like terms because Stockton brought a name to Gonzaga, you know. Yeah. But a lot of his came from how he performed in the NBA too. Exactly. You know? And yeah, so Stockton predated, you know, a lot of the success Gonzaga had on the court. But I think when you look at overall, like you could you could make claims for a guy like Nigel Williams Goss because he led us to the title game and really, you know, realistically what he did in one year was phenomenal. Two years because of redshirt year. Yeah. But Drew's done it for four years. And yeah, there's gotta be something to be said about that consistency, yeah. the loyalty, just being here and being a part of one of the most prolific stretches of Gonzaga's on court success ever. I don't know if I don't know if Gonzaga will ever reach these highs again you never know like i wit i hope so way we all hope so but like there are programs that got to those highs and then never did again um you know so it's it's hard to say what the future holds and and i think i think drew's career is also something that like as the next couple years progress um it's gonna age like fine wine you know all the records are there um, but people are going to really start to appreciate, like, my goodness, look at what Drew Toomey did for for this program and for this city. Um, in, in, in an age when guys transferred every year, you know, when guys left for NIL opportunities elsewhere, you know, and Timmy, Timmy could have gone pro. He could have left after last year. He could have done whatever he wanted to do, and he chose to come back, and that really says something about his love for the city, his love for the program. Well, and I think now this season's far from over. But yeah, let's just hypothetically say we make another sweet 16 run. Name the guys in college basketball history that have a four-year run of never not making the sweet 16. Yeah, I like maybe I don't think, did, did did Tyler Hansborough do that? I don't remember if he did or might not. be that might be about the only guy I could even think would even be and someone in Twitter will help, you know, and they'll put a comment here about it. But there's not many guys yeah. that have made the Sweet 16 every year of their career. And he has a legit chance to do that. So to kind of close this out, I just want to I leave us with a, a thought, a parting thought about the potential for this team in the tournament this year. And one thing I want to mention is that if you've watched the evolution of this program and this team this season from its highs to its lows and back to its highs again, Julian Strother has been a catalyst almost every single time that we've reached those highs um, to reach that next level. Um, You know, the things that he has done on the court this year, um, you know, have been pretty remarkable. He joined, you know, the 40 point club, which is, I think he's the fourth member of that for Gonzaga, which is absolutely insane. Um, and how many, you know, big time clutch shots has he hit as this season has progressed? You know, the multiple games where he's been really the, the game winner. Um, you know, that I, I think that in order for Gonzaga to make that deep run in the NCAA tournament this year, he has to show up in March. And, you know, that's not to put it all on his shoulders because there's a lot of guys on the program who are going to have to do their part to get that to happen. But if Julian takes his play, to the next level where he's capable of being and has a March run that he's capable of having. This team could be scary good, you know, for a lot of, a lot of teams would be terrified to play Gonzaga in March. So, you know, I think a lot of people are looking at these brackets and they're saying, Oh God, I don't want to play Alabama again, or I don't want to play, 
you know, UCLA or Arizona. I don't want to have to go against Tommy Lloyd. What I think it's the other way around. I think there's a lot of teams that have seen some of the highs that Gonzaga has been able to achieve. They see the lows too, but they they're seeing a team that's hard to peg down. You can't yep. necessarily game plan for them because on any given night, anybody could pop off and have an excellent night. And Malachi Smith's done it. Um, Nolan Hickman's had his moments. You know, Anton Watson has been exceptional uh, this season. And, of course, Drew Timmy, you know, one of the best players in the nation. But Julian Strother, he's he's kind of that, that key to potentially getting us uh, to back to the Sweet 16 and maybe even beyond. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that one at all. Um, I think for me, though, in March, experience matters. And we have three seniors in that starting rotation that all three, you know, made the choice. Well, Anton was coming back, but the two of them made the choice. And I I told somebody last week that I think our team goes as far as Bolton, Tammy, and Watson take us. Um and I truly believe that because experience matters in March. But now, if what happens with Julian is what you, you're talking about right there, I it's going to be – I don't think it's even going to be a question if we make a sweet 16. It's going to be how deep is a run. And if Julian has that potential. That's why he's a pro prospect. That's why he has potential to play at the next level. But we just have to see – we have to see the, the consistency in in March. And if we do, look out. Well, I want to uh, thank you again for coming on and joining me on the Zegaholic podcast, Caldwell. Um, and, you know, I appreciate everybody for listening and, and you know, hanging out. Uh, we got a lot more potential content coming out there um, and looking forward to getting this thing rolling. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I look forward to, you know, doing some more collaboration down the road. All right, go Zags. All right, go Zags. <laughs>